Davies on Radio Red Hill. Radio Red Hill. This programme is brought to you in association with Alexander's Chartered Accountants in Red Hill. I'm Nigel Gray, sitting in for Owen Davies, and first on today's Out and About. Let's hear from Sarah Tomlinson about a really interesting local choir. I'm now joined by our guest for the show, uh, Coral Broom, who is a member of Voice Rocks Choir, which is a community choir based in Rygate. Welcome to the show, Coral. Hello, Sarah. Lovely to have you here. Now, um, I'm really interested uh, to find out more about the choir, so I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about the choir and why you decided to join. Uh, Voice Rocks was founded by Melanie Louise MacDonald in 2009. She's a professional singer and voice coach. She wanted to bring her professional experience to her local community. Um, I've always loved singing, usually by myself in the shower Mm. or car. Um, And I was looking for some me time, um, a way of relaxing and perhaps meeting some new people. So um, I googled local choirs and found Voice Rocks, but I didn't apply straight away. But um, I stumbled upon a performance around Christmas time in in Rygate and I inspired me to register and uh, to join. But I had to wait a year before I got a place. Wow, so very popular choir then. And why is it you think choirs have become so popular lately? I think the BBC programme The Choir with Gareth Malone, as we've heard one of his tracks earlier, um, he really helped raise the profile of choirs. Um, In the programme you watch people in the choir go on a journey, uh, growing in confidence, looking relaxed and happy and coming together as a a community. And, um, you know, that's the the choir experience. And uh, can you tell us what a typical session uh, at the choir would involve? So we start every session with a 10-minute warm-up, so upper body and and vocal warm-up. We're all seated in groups according to our our section. So I'm in the high altos, which is a mid-range female voice. We usually sing the melody. Um, There's also the low altos and sopranos for the ladies. We also have a men's section, and they organise themselves into tenors and basses. So we work through the song that we're learning, section by section, learning the harmonies and the parts, because we don't all sing the same lines or, or notes. And we're going to hear from the Voice Rocks Choir now, so I wondered if you'd like to introduce the first track for us. So this is our Build Me Up Buttercup medley.
then we had the Buttercup medley from the Voice Rocks Choir and we have a member of the choir here with us uh, today. That's Coral. Welcome again. Welcome back to the show, should I say, Coral. Um, can you tell us, have you had to perform in front of an audience? Uh, yes, we have regular performances um, for our friends and family at the Methodist Church in in Rygate, where we practice regularly. Um, I've also performed at the Harlequin in Red Hill, and we'll be recording three songs at Abbey Road in the middle of March. Um, I really love performing. It can be nerve-wracking, but it's great to have um, a performance to work towards. And what would you say to anyone who's thinking about joining a choir? Don't worry, basically. Go along, see if you enjoy it. Um, at Voice Rocks, there's, there aren't any auditions um, when you join, um, and there are members of all different abilities. So there's really no pressure to be perfect. Um, and with just a little bit of practice, it'll all fall into place. So we've got our next track coming up now from the choir, and I uh, wonder if you'd like to introduce that again for us. Uh, so this is Pinball Wizard.
And there we had the uh, Pimble Wizard mashup from the Voice Rocks Choir and uh, recorded, I believe, Coraline Abbey Road. Yes, that's right. Yes, it was recorded a couple of years ago at Abbey Road and um, recording there was just an, a fantastic experience. Um, obviously, it's a really iconic uh, recording studio. It's a very special place. Um, it was really exciting to think that you're walking in the steps of such wonderful artists. Um, and and uh, this time we'll be recording in Studio 2 which is the Beatles studio um, and I just loved wearing the one ear headphones too it's a real childhood dream come true So that's where we're going to leave things for today, I'd like to thank uh, my guest today Coral Broom from the Voice Rocks Choir, thank you very much Coral it's been great having you on the show Thank you for having me um, and I hope you've enjoyed listening as well Many thanks to Sarah Tomlinson and Voice Rocks Choir but now it's time for me to talk to one of the Hospital Trust directors I'm very pleased to say our guest in the studio today is Ian McKenzie, uh, Trust Director. And your full title, Ian, which I never get right, so I always ask you for it. <laughs> you do, Nigel. It's Director of Information and Facilities, which is uh, slightly misleading, but what it basically means is I'm responsible for estates, facilities and IT. So, as I sometimes say, if you can see it, I'm probably responsible for it, apart from the people. OK. Fairly big remit, then. It is a big remit. It's a big hospital, and as you know, because you've been here a long time, mm. growing all the time, always getting bigger, uh, and the responsibilities, therefore, are expanding all the time. You must have an awful lot of staff reporting to you, then, in one way or another. I have about 400, I think, in all. So that's all of the housekeepers, cleaners, porters, uh, IT staff, estate staff. So, yeah, about 400 in total. So there are many of them what you'd call behind the scenes, but nevertheless they're the, the cogs, as it were, that keep the wheels turning. Well, they are behind the scenes, and some of them are very much in front of the scenes. Uh, but you're right, without uh, states, facilities and IT, the hospital would soon run to a, to a halt. You know, mm. We wouldn't be able to function without the porters moving patients around, without the cooks cooking the food, without the housekeepers serving the food, without the cleaners keeping the wards and other departments as clean as possible. So all essential things and all things that patients and indeed staff notice a lot and certainly notice when they don't go as well as we would wish them to do. And probably largely take for granted. Um, I, I'm not sure I would go that far, Nigel, but I know okay. what you mean. Um, we get lots of comments about the hospital, most of which, of course, are good and positive, some of which are less so, but, but by far... The majority are positive, and one of the things that is regularly talked about is, for example, the cleanliness of the hospital. We pride ourselves on having a really clean hospital all the time, uh, and you know the staff that do that are obviously a key part of our team. You know, I'm very proud of the fact that we have 400 people working in that area. We have a very diverse workforce. About two thirds of our workforce were born outside the United Kingdom. Um, that's a real strength and a real positive that we have such a great mixture of staff. And it must be fairly effective because we got that outstanding rating from the Care Quality Commission. We did. And gosh, it doesn't it seem a long time ago, but actually I think it was only just over a year ago, wasn't it, that we got the formal news. Um, it was, in 2019. That's right, yeah, beginning of the year. And it was a great start to the year. Um, as you'll remember, of course, we were actually reviewed in about October 2018. We got the result formally in 2019, beginning of the year. And as you say, we were outstanding, um, and one of a relatively small number of trusts to achieve that accolade, and that is because of the hard work of a huge number of people, every day, all day, working to do the best for our patients.
Of course, that was only one event during 2019. Mm. Ian, um, take us back over some of the um, perhaps noteworthy items of 2019, please. Well, I mentioned it for the ones that are particularly on my agenda, Nigel, which obviously are around the, um, the buildings and the infrastructure. So the ones that particularly um, are in my mind that I was really pleased that after some time of planning and preparation, we were able to start the refurbishment of the neonatal unit. Um, so that started in summer 2019 and phase one opened just before Christmas last year. Phase two will open by Easter this year. Um, and obviously most of us won't ever get it. Well, I will, but most of you won't get the chance to see it. But the reality is it's it's a phenomenal improvement. The previous unit, you know, whilst obviously providing exemplary care for our uh, babies and their parents, was a little dated, a little cramped. And what we've done is significantly improved the space and the facilities for newborn babies that need it. And uh, as I say, the first phase of that opened now about, oh gosh, it must be two and a half months ago. And it really is uh, an amazing change in that facility and is just so much better than it was before. And, and ironically, or interestingly perhaps, the very first day it was due to open, we had a lady with triplets, who, all three of whom needed urgent neonatal care. We opened the unit a little bit earlier just for that, and it really allowed it to sort of swing into action and showed the enormous benefit that it will bring to our local residents. Brilliant. So the launch came forward because there was a particular good reason to do so. Yeah, only about an hour or so, but nonetheless, <laughs> it gave every it really brought everyone into focus very quickly. Yeah, but yeah. it proved how useful the new facility is going to be. Absolutely, yeah. And we made national media, which was great. And uh, yeah, really positive story all around. Everyone felt good. very energised by that. Okay. Where's one good thing for 2019? Then I'm sure there are other ones as well. There are. So other things that we've opened this year or done this year, we've... Um, Uh, opened we moved our gynecology obstetric and dental outpatients we did that because our neonatal unit as i said earlier is expanding and we needed to move them out of the way so we built a third floor above kingsfold and the iru and we've got the aldridge blake unit that's aldridge blake which is named after one of the 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 various earliest uh, female pioneers in surgery and which is obstetrics and gynecology and we've also got our dental unit, which again, we've moved from just outside the Three Arches restaurant, and we've moved that up there at the same time. Both areas have expanded, and again, the facilities are much improved on what was before there before. And of course, the dentists only expanded about, what, 10 years or so ago anyway from what they were before. So dentists have gradually been increasing in uh, its capability over the years. Absolutely. I mean, 10 years is a little bit before my time, mm. actually. But, well, I say that, actually, I started 11 years ago, so I said that. Huh. But you're right. Yeah, you know, you're right, Nigel, that um, it's one of those areas that has expanded and it's been a real sort of growing area of the hospital and the treatment we provide in that area. And, of course, you and others may have heard of things like Mouth Care Matters, which is a national programme now, which started yes. here. Um, by one of our dental staff, Millie Doshi. So, you know, it's, it's been really a, a first-class service and it's nice to see them in a new home. We did, in fact, in fact speak to Millie Doshi and I was very, very impressed by her. Oh, excellent. Yep. Yeah, excellent. And what she's done as well, of course, presumably that's now been rolled uh, rolled off elsewhere as well. Yes, I mean, I, it's, in a, it's in a number of hospitals across the country and um, it's really, I think, one of those things that once you've done it for a bit, you kind of wonder why you never did before. Mm. But, you know, it really is working very well. So, she and the hospital have been a pioneer in that respect. Absolutely, yes. And she, of course, was uh, recognised in in, uh, uh, one of the Queen's Honours a year or so ago. So much credit to her for that. Yes. Is she still here or has she moved on? Oh, no. She's still here, Nigel. No, she's uh, still here, yeah. I'm delighted to hear that. A definite asset to the team. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, what else? So, um, 
of, of something else that we've done next to uh, Aldridge Blake and the dental unit, we opened another inpatient ward, Hawley Ward. Um, so that's uh, a, a medical ward, um, again, building on the same sort of style and design as some of the others that we've opened the, over the years. And in fact, since I've been <clears throat> running estates, I think we've opened probably, gosh, more certainly more than 10 new wards. And each time we open one, hopefully we learn something better and make it slightly better than the one before. But Hawley Ward was our was our latest, as I say, which opened last year. Um, and that's obviously been full pretty much the day we opened it um, and adding to our bed capacity across the hospital. And, yeah, that's Hawley Ward then, yes. And I think Kingsfold Unit also seems to come into its own as well in the last year. Yeah, so the Ambulatory Care Unit, Kingsfold, again, um, opened probably a bit more than a year ago mm. now, but has been certainly been ramping up this year. Um, and that is providing a facility where patients come quite often directly from GP referrals. And there, hopefully the idea is that we can see them in the unit, make sure they get the treatment that they need and can go home in the same day rather than having to be admitted or go to A&E. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Now, that's 2019 then, quite a bit done in that year. Yeah. Yes. Always busy. Quite a list. <laughs> 2020 has started already. It has. And um, you have plans, I'm sure. Well, it's been, uh, you know, like every year, it's been a busy year so far. Um, and it, um, one thing I'm pretty sure is that the numbers will continue to rise. So we are looking at a number of things this year. Um, so I mentioned already that uh, neonatal phase two and the final part of the project will open at Easter. We've got our new discharge unit, which opened, some of which opened at Christmas, and that'll the second part of that will open by Easter. We're also, um, something a bit behind the scenes, but sometimes these things are, well, often are very important. We're hopefully going to be starting with a new energy contract. So we're going to be slightly changing the way that we provide energy. And I mean, you know, energy as in electricity, hot water, steam, etc., to the site going forward. You know, these are one of the these are the kind of things that, you know, largely are invisible to people, and actually they should be because we shouldn't be excited when we have heating in our radiators or hot water in our taps. But clearly, to do that, there needs to be a really robust infrastructure. So we're hopefully going to be doing a lot of work on that in the next couple of years, starting this year, um, and also another big project within my domain is that we're hopefully going to be kicking off our uh, electronic patient record project which we've done some of the work already, but we are um, about to start uh, a two-year program to really move things forward in the way that we manage patient information digitally. So if, you, if like me, the last time you went to an outpatient appointment, the clinician largely had bits of paper, hopefully in two years you'll see quite a big change, and that will make us more efficient and safer as well. And will that be linked in to what the doctors have in their records? Absolutely. So it'll be one digital patient record for every patient that comes to this hospital um, so whether it's outpatients or inpatients or A&E and also and this is in some ways if not equally important more important part perhaps is that when you go to your GP or another healthcare provider they can also access that digital record so the information that your GP knows about you we know about you and vice versa now obviously there are some needs to be appropriate information sharing governance and protocols in place um, but the, the vast majority of patients are wondering why we don't do this already not concerned that we do do it but we obviously need to make sure it's um, secure uh, and appropriate information is shared appropriately so that's a, another big thing that we'll be getting into this year anything else for 2020 Ian? you know the reality is that we're working more busily than we ever have done we're trying to work in a more system-wide way than we ever have done um 
but patients rightly are demanding more from us all the time and we need to make sure we can respond to it and you said earlier about our achieving outstanding a year ago we need to maintain that and continue to do better good am i am i allowed to mention something that i think also um you may have under your command although perhaps you may wish it not to be under your command and that is car parks oh everybody's favorite subject Nigel. <laughs> yes we, yeah no car parks are under my command and this year or last year actually it started it's been a quite an interesting year because for reasons that not are not entirely obvious well not obvious to us so in about September last year, the volume of cars coming onto the site seems to have significantly increased. Um, some people think it's because of our new car parking system, but there is no connection to that. It's nothing to do with that at all. Some people have said, for example, oh, you now you don't let people into the car parks unless there's a space. Well, that was always the case, so it's not that. I think it's just the volume of traffic. You know, it's been a very busy period of time. And now we have... Uh, demand is basically greater than the car parking and then leaving the site which again has been a frustration for people is largely outside the control of the hospital and it's been a combination of factors local road works the timings on the junction out um, by the main road towards red hill and hawley um, i know the count surrey county council are looking to improve that junction and that'll be a couple of years yet but that is recognized as very much of a bottleneck um, it's frustrating for everybody um, your listeners, your colleagues can take solace, I hope, from knowing that we give it a huge amount of thought, a huge amount of our attention. And, you know, we are very open to good ideas about how we can improve it. Uh, we're not complacent about it. We know that staff and visitor um, are impacted by that. And certainly if you're coming into the site, particularly as a visitor, it's very frustrating to not be able to park as quickly as you would like to. So it's absolutely one of our key priorities. And is there any way the capacity can be increased at all, or is that very difficult? It, it is difficult. We're looking at how we can do that, and um, I don't want to say too much, but I think you will see something in the near future that will help with that. Um, we're lucky that we have very good support from um, Brygate Council, who have always um, supported the hospital very well. Um, it's a it's a multi-system uh, issue really and in that we all need to take responsibility for ourselves so we could you know use public transport if we can or cycle or walk or whatever but the practical reality is that for an awful lot of people that isn't going to work um, and we need to be mindful about when we provide services you know what times of day weekends etc so that will take advantage of the fact that the car parks are actually empty quite a lot of the time um, but it you know we just need to be constantly doing better and we are constantly trying to do better and we'll do better Thank you very much, Ian, for coming down and talking to us. That's Trust Director Ian McKenzie. Thank you, Ian. My pleasure. And that completes this edition of Out and About. I'm Nigel Gray, sitting in today for Owen Davis. That programme was brought to you in association with Alexander's Chartered Accountants in Red Hill. Your requests on Radio Red Hill. The Belfry Shopping Centre sponsors your Monday requests. The Belfry Shopping Centre, we're waiting to welcome you. Well, hello there and welcome...
Welcome to your requests on Radio Red Hill. And it's a very special edition of your request today. Yes, every year we go through all the 8,000 requests we collect every year around the East Surrey Hospital and we produce a top 300 chart which we run over the Christmas and New Year period. And today we're going to be playing all the top 20 of 2019. Yes, all your most popular tunes of that year. So all last year's favourites, all in one programme. Coming up over the next 90 minutes here on Radio Red Hill. I'm Nigel Gray, inviting you to sit back, lie back, whatever, and enjoy all your favourites. So, without more ado, shall we start? I think we should. Going to start now at number 20 with the Fab Four. Nothing you can say, but you can learn how to play the game. 